Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. God so loved the world. Man, you probably watched a football game today. You probably see John 316. <laughs> somebody, somebody saved might show up at the game. A long time ago, somebody always was saved would show up at the football game. And I, I don't know what's wrong with people today. Somebody would hold up John 316. You see that big three and you see that 16. Three semicolon 16. You say that's one of us in the bunch over there. That's what you would say when you were watching television. Somehow the camera would, would pan through the whole stadium with tens of thousands of people in the stadium and find this one saint <laughs> holding up John 3.16. And you know that God <laughs> was still moving in earth when you saw that. And normally it would just be one person in the whole stands doing that. But the camera would find that person. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son whosoever believeth in him, whosoever, who does that mean? It could be what? Anybody. That means if it was just one body, that Jesus still would have gave up the ghost. That means he would have given it up just for one person. Amen. He was, he was, he was, he was offering his life for the sins of the world, but even if just one person accepted him, it's like the thief on the cross. He said, I believe that you're the son of God and we deserve what we're getting, but you are innocent. And I believe that you are the son of God. And when you come into your kingdom, would you take me with you? Boy, the Bible said Jesus saves to the uttermost. Man, you got to think about what's happening there his, and how he looked. The Bible said his body was so large and his visage was so large, he didn't even look like a man. But he kept doing what he was anointed to do. And he looked at that thief on the cross and he said, this day you're going to be in paradise with me, which means he would have done it for one. The question is, if you were that one, would God get any praise at all? What would praise look like if you was the only one? Would God ever get would God ever get a hallelujah? I'm talking about if you was the only one. Would, would, God, get, would, would God get a hallelujah? If you were the only one. That God gave you the grace to see that you needed to, you needed a breakthrough and you needed salvation. Would you be the only one giving him praise? What would heaven look like if you were the only one praising? The Bible said, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. David said, I will bless the Lord when? All times. Come on now. Yeah. Praise God. You ought to be ready to come and worship God. Yeah. I, got, I got to show you a scripture. The Bible said, they did honor God. They, they don't mind praising God. They know that in him I live and move and have life. The reason why I'm alive today is because of my Savior, Jesus. They don't mind giving him praise. The Bible says praise is comely for the upright, which means it looks good on you when you're praising God. Hallelujah. The Bible said when praises go up, come on now, blessings come down. Anybody need a blessing today? You can praise the Lord and get it. Hallelujah. The Bible said the earth will begin to yield to you. Come on now, the earth changes. The earth becomes a supply to you because you praise God. Praise God. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Shouting how David said it. He said, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. Yes. Right. He came home one day, and this is after he was anointed king of all Israel, and he was anointed king of all Judah. It took from age 17 to 40 years of age for him to receive the kingship God promised him to be the king of all of his people. 
Sometimes it don't look like what God's saying to you is going to come to pass. Sometimes there's a lot of trials getting to where God has promised you you're going to be. But you are not to be moved by what you see. And David, and what, what, what stabilized David through all the trials with Saul trying to kill him and with, with people rejecting him and people criticizing him, what got him through all of those trials, he learned to praise God yes. when he was by himself. Yeah, yeah. Amen. He learned to become a worshiper of God. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. And begin to praise him and cause the earth to yield to him. And even in tough times, the earth yielded to him and brought him relief and brought him a supply because he kept praising God. And finally, he got to the place he was king of the hill, man. And he began to bring the tabernacle into Jerusalem and he wanted to worship God. And the Bible said he began to realize, man, my dream just came true. God is the manifester of dreams. Come on, somebody say amen to that. I don't want to miss New Year's Eve. I'm going to talk to you about that tonight. God is the manifester of dreams. And a lot of times you get visions and you get dreams. God's trying to show you something. He's trying to show you where you're going to end up. And David's dream came true. And the Bible said he began to praise God with what? All. Somebody say all. All. His might. He began to praise God. He got, he got so radical with it. He had to take off his outer garments and begin to dance before the Lord. And he got home and his wife thought he was being <laughs> radical, above and beyond. But he said, he had to tell her, he said, you just don't understand. God brought me to a place that nobody on this planet could bring me. Amen. He has made me the captain of his people. He's made me the son to all of Israel. He's made me the light of Israel. And no man could have brought me to this place. And I'm going to praise him. If anybody's ever going to go somewhere with God, he's going to, you're going to have to be a praise. Amen. Praise God. Because praise gives him honor. Amen. It gives him honor. It lets him know that you are grateful and thankful for all he's done for him. Does anybody want to give God a praise? Glory be to the most high God. Wonder if you were the only one. Come on now. church today, you are finishing. So this, this is the last Sunday of the year. Amen. You ever seen them people running races and they get to the end, they have to lean sometimes. <laughs> they have to stretch sometimes. Come on now. Because the objective of starting the race is not just starting. It's not getting in the middle. It's finishing. You give God some praise, you finish this year. Hallelujah. <laughs> Go ahead, you may be seated. And one thing you need to realize, um, one of the time spans that's in the Bible, one of the time spans that are in the Bible, and we'll talk about this in New Year's Eve service, and one of the time spans that's in the Bible that God uses is years. He talks about the length of your life in years. He talks about the length of your life in years, but long life will he satisfy you. He talks about man's years being 120, that God measures things in years. And so it's so important at the beginning of the year to the end of the year what you do in the middle. And one of the scriptures we stand on our confession is God's going to bless your year, crown your year with his goodness. He's going to bless you from the beginning to the end. Praise God. You need to keep saying that. Hallelujah. Praise God. You don't want to miss New Year's Eve. We got a lot of things to cover because I got to tell you what God is telling me this year. And I know it's him. Praise God. And so we got some good things that he's going to be doing this year coming up because God's got some exciting things planned for his church. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I just got back from Dr. Jacobs meeting this weekend, my pastor, my spiritual father, my pastor. He will be here on Wednesday night. Um, is it the 27th? I think it's the 27th on the Wednesday night. You have to make January. He's going to be like the 27th is on a Wednesday night. 
Somebody check and see if the 27th is on a Wednesday night. I think it's the last Wednesday of the month. But he's coming, and uh, he's going to come to our church and uh, minister to us on that nice. It's, it's the 29th? Okay. The 29th, and I'll, I'll confirm that, but uh, he's going to be here. But, you know, when, it, when, when God gives you a pastor, he's really blessed your life. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. He really blesses your life when he gives you a pastor. Somebody's going to teach you the word of God. Yes. I didn't say a preacher. I said a pastor. Yes. So <laughs> you a preacher if you're sharing the gospel. Preach, preach means to herald the world. Her, herald the word out. And everybody should be preaching. Go in all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. Everybody should be a preacher once you get the word in you. But a pastor is an office. In a pastor's office, and God said in Jeremiah, I'm going to give you pastors that's going to feed you with knowledge and understanding so that you'll be fruitful and increase. That God wants his people, when he gives them a pastor, the result should be fruitfulness and increase. Yes. Nobody should go broke in a church. Right, right. I'm going to say that again. Nobody should go broke in the local church yeah, yeah. if they're being properly pastored. Amen. 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 I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a pastor. I'm looking at you this morning. <laughs> we got a text this week. Yeah. You're going to get your testimony. Yeah. You want to just. <laughs> Come on up here. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm just talking about the power of having a pastor. You got to understand. You got to understand that. And, and Katina got a healing this week. Yeah. And she had a form of a growth inside of her body and it was causing her pain. And uh, she called me and said, Pastor, I'm not coming to church this morning. I said, Katina, I'm teaching on healing this morning. And she said, I'm coming then. And then I think Isaiah told her, Mama, you need to go to church. It's good to have somebody around you that's got the word in. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And we taught on healing and ministered to her. And uh, she went back to the doctor this week, and she came out of the thing, and she texted me on the phone. She said, Pastor, it's gone. Praise God. If it left your body, <laughs> but see, listen. Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Now God said this church shall be known for healing. Y'all ain't seen none yet. Amen. He ain't seen none yet. He said this church shall be, he said it's known for it. Every church ought to be known for healing. All McDonald's are the same. Right. You can go get a two off beef patty, right. special sauce, list cheese, pickles, onion, and sesame seed bun on the north side, east side of town. That's right. But it ain't like it in the kingdom of God. Yeah, All churches yeah, ain't the same. Yeah, that's right. I had a real pastor, and I still got one. Yeah. I didn't even really believe. I didn't even really believe in that until I met Doctor Jacobs, mm -hmm. and I sat there at the table, in the fellowship hall after the service. There ain't many men like him. That's why God calls them gifts. I wouldn't be doing nothing I'm doing in this church or my family without that man. God says, I'm going to give you a pastor. I'm giving you one after my heart that's going to feed you with knowledge and understanding so that you would be fruitful and increase, yes. so that your days of disappointment and your days of lack and fear would be over. Amen. And I'm sitting at the table, and I'm just looking at him. I said, man, there ain't many men on the planet like that, man. But I'm so glad I know him. Amen. And he's my pastor. Yeah. <clears throat> because he loves the word of God. He loves God. Amen. And then he, he, came to the, he came to the table in the fellowship and said, Keith, I need to... <coughs> And uh, Pastor Diana was with him. He said, Keith, I need to say something to you. Pastor Diana said, why don't we tell everybody? He <laughs> <laughs> said, we got to say something to you. But she said, why don't we just say it in front of everybody? He said, no. <laughs> so now I got to figure out what he want to say to me. <laughs> but I know he don't want to say it in public. So uh, I was getting ready. Candace went with me to, to Indiana. And I, he, was teaching, he was teaching on the power of God and the anointing. And God gave me the same word he gave him. He asked me to do the offering. And God said, I give you one. He said, I want you to say just one word, power. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm giving you power mm -hmm. to get wealth. Yeah, 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 to yeah. establish my covenant in yeah. the earth. And yeah. that's what I shared yeah, yeah. doing that. Mm 
Amen. So says there's supernatural increase coming to the kingdom of God. Because yes. yes. y'all, we living in the, and we are, we are in the last yes. days. Yes. Yes. Ain't no question about that. But anyway, I, I got up this I got up the next morning and Candace and I got ready to go, and um, and she slept in. So we we left the hotel when they kicked us out. And so at about 11 o'clock, and, and so there was a couple of pastors sitting in the foyer, so I started talking to them, and, and I realized they were going to go to lunch, and I said, okay, I'll go with y'all. Then they said, wait a minute, well, Dr. Jacobs invited us to lunch. Well, I said, I didn't want to intrude in lunch, so I called Pastor Diana. I said, uh, <laughs> y'all having lunch? I think I'm going to come too. <laughs> she said, come on, Keith, you come on. So after lunch was over, what he said, Keith, I need to tell you something. He said, uh, Pastor Diana and I need to tell you something. Just meet me at my car. And so I walked out to his car, and I stood out there and walked him. He talked to me. He said, God spoke to me and Pastor Diana and told us to give you $10,000 to your building. Wow, hallelujah. He said, we're going to mail the check. Glory going to the building phone. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to mail the check out. He said, we're going to mail the check out Monday. When he tell you something, he just does it. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I just got to say, God's going to build that building. Praise God. You know, coming up, probably the first of the year, you know, we already picked out the contractors going to put it up. So probably the first year they're going to start putting the building up. Amen. Sometime on the first of the year anyway. You know, when God wants something, yes, yes, yes. he can't do it in the earth without a man. That's exactly right. He never moves in the earth without a person. He's always got to have a person to move in the earth. If he ever does anything in the earth, he has to have a person. Amen. Amen. And he's choosing this church mm -hmm. to raise up a work on a main street yeah. where the gospel really can be preached yeah. and people can really learn who he is. Amen. And that is what he's doing. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. And Dr. Jacobs knows it and he wants to be a part of it. Yeah. When I first showed him the land, he drove up and looked at him and he looked at it and he turned around and looked at me and he says, Keith, I'm going to give you $5,000 just to get to help you get the property. So that's like $15,000 he put in there. Pastor wow, Cynthia will put in a whole lot. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Listen, you want to be a part of what God is yes. doing. Yes. Amen. That's right. I wouldn't play it when I said that. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. play when I said yeah. that. Right. You need to be a part right. of what God is doing. Let him use you in the earth to get his will done. Yes. Amen. Amen. Like you said about the Queen Esther, you were born at such a time as this. Yeah. God can't get anything done unless he gets it done through his people. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Some people say, well, where's God? How did all that happen? No, he, he got to have somebody. Yeah. Yes. Amen. He's got to have somebody either praying. He's got to have somebody serving. He's got to have somebody doing in order to move in there. That's why he sent his son Jesus. And Jesus, the word of God, became a man because God needs a man in the earth to do his will. Yeah. Amen. And, and that's the reason why we're here to learn the will of God and what and how to function in the will of God. Yes. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to continue to minister to you on honor this morning Amen. and honoring God. Go ahead and turn to Ecclesiastes chapter because I'm going to finish up a whole series on honoring God. And I got to do this because it's the highest teaching in the kingdom of God is living in honor to God. Amen. If the highest call on the man's life is to honor God and to keep his commandments. I'm checking on you. I'm watching you. <laughs> okay. Praise God. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. I say, this is, this is just me. I say it's the whole Bible in one verse. The whole Bible in one verse. And you say, Pastor, you keep going over this. But my pastor's pastor taught me, Dr. Dufresne, my pastor's pastor taught me you have to preach the same message seven times before 25% of the people get what you're saying. Which means you, you can preach your whole life and some people will never get the word that God sent you to preach to them. For whatever reason, they will not walk in it. So repetition, God is a God of repetition. The Bible says over and over again, do not fear, do not fear, over and over again, because God is a, he repeats because we have to have things repeated to us over and over again. Why? Because we have constantly have thoughts coming against our, across our mind, and therefore we got to have the word coming to us constantly 
on a constant diet of the Word of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, and we'll jump right in it, and uh, verse, verse 13, Ecclesiastes 12, 13, it says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep His commandments, for this is the duty of man. It is man's responsibility to respond to God. Amen. The whole duty of man is to respond to Him because He's the giver of all life. Amen. He's the giver of all life. You did not come from the race of monkeys and all that stuff like that. And then all of a sudden you figured out how to stand up straight and all that kind of stuff like that. That's total foolishness is what that is. That's foolishness gone to seed because some, when you start teaching somebody else foolishness, it's foolishness gone to seed is what that is. And uh, now you were created in the image and likeness of God. You are a spiritual being. When people talk like that, they're always talking about physical and what they can see. An animal is, the animal kingdom is a soulish kingdom. Animals don't have spirits. They're not made in the image and likeness of God. They have a soul and a body. That's why an animal can be sad and an animal can be happy. But to be a spirit means to be created in the class of God and in the race of God. And we are in his class. We are his sons and his daughters. We have been born again. And when you open us up on the inside, we look just like him. Yeah, your, your physical body is nothing but a housing. Mm-hmm. That when, when your spirit and soul separates from your body, that's called death. Mm-hmm. But you don't stop existing. Right. Just like when you take off your coat and you see your coat land there, mm-hmm. that when your spirit takes your body off, you just see your body land there. Yeah. That's what it does. And you're going to feel better than you ever felt in your life. Amen. Praise God. Stepping out of this earth suit. Hallelujah. But if you keep the glory of God on you, you ain't going to be able to tell the difference. Amen. Because the glory is what keeps your body going anyway. Amen. Praise God. And so that's what Romans says, that that the power of God will quicken your mortal body and keep you alive so you can serve God. It's the power of God that keeps you alive. And that's why, that's why Paul wrote, in him we move and live and have his being. Every individual that's moving and, li- and living now is because of the power of God. He don't care whether they're living for him or not living for him. He gives all men equally. The sun shines on the just and the unjust. Amen. But when men become intelligent, they begin to realize that, that God is the creator of all things. When you look at the creation, you begin to realize this is not the work of some explosion. Amen. Because our chaos does not produce order. Amen. Chaos does not produce order. Amen. Order causes chaos to cease. And so the thing is, is that God is a God of order. He created everything in order. He put everything in his place. This earth sits out in the middle of nowhere with no strings attached because he opposed everything by the power of his word. Amen. Amen. And therefore, because men have been created by God and given a stewardship in this earth, they are accountable to him once they leave this planet. Therefore, he says to all men, Mm -hmm. your responsibility is to honor me and keep my commandments. This is the whole duty of man. Mm -hmm. It is the highest message that you can preach in the local church. Mm is honor and respect to God. Because if you honor God, you will love God. Amen. If you honor God, you will keep his commandments. And Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And somebody told me, well, I just love the Lord. I said, no, you don't. I said, said, let me tell you why, what the Bible says. Because, see, you got to be able to measure everything. What is the measure? God's word. What is the truth? God's word. What is the measure of everything God? God gets to tell you how you love him or not. You don't get to tell God how you love him. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. They talk about love, learning each other's love language, which means you don't get to tell me what love is to me and how to love me. I can tell you how to love me. I can tell you what I desire. I can tell you what I want. Amen. And nobody needs to read your mind. Yeah, yeah. You ought to know how to love me. No, I ain't trying to read your mind. Tell me who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll work on that. Well, I just want somebody that can just read my mind. Well, you're not going to find nobody. I'm trying to. <laughs> no, I said to this, I said, in John chapter 14, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I said, you ain't keeping them. Yeah. 
It's clearly obvious. And you made it obvious you're not. Yeah. So you're not going to sit up and tell me that. Yeah. Okay? You ain't cracked a Bible in years, and you're going to tell me you love God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. If you said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. That means if you love me, you'd be looking at the commandments yeah. to try to find out how to walk in love toward yeah. me. Yeah. Now, God says this is not that you love me first. I love you first. Yeah. And then you find out how to love me. Yeah. Amen. In, 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 walking in, in my walking in love with you, if you let me love you and you take my word, then you'll find out how to love me back. Yeah. And it's keeping my commandments is how you love me. If you love me, you'll do what I say. Because what I'm saying is causing you to walk in a high state of being. It's causing you to be healed. It's causing you to be blessed. It's causing you to have a good life. It's causing you to look like me. It's causing other people to take notice of how you are living because the blessings on your life and the power. And now you become a light and a salt in the earth. And now you become a you become a an ambassador for me. Yes, that's right. That's good. So that other people can be saved and delivered and healed too. And so how you live makes a big difference. Amen. Especially as a New Testament believer. Amen. Amen. And the, the lifestyle honor, the li the honor of the lifestyle of honor is the honor that exemplifies what Jesus Christ is like in the earth. And the church is at an all-time low in honor. That's one of the biggest reasons we have problems in our society. God starts at the home. He says, children, honor your parents. Because if you don't honor your parents at home, you will grow up exemplifying and distributing disrespect everywhere you go. And eventually, that's what makes the news at 6 and 10. Is somebody dishonoring another person, dishonoring another person's right to live, dishonor person's another person's right to have property and not taken from them wrongfully. What you watch on the news is 6 and 10 is dishonor. Yeah, yeah. And the church is the last institution, really, well, well I can say this, where the church is, a, is the institution that's called to honor. But I think the military is one of our last institutions of honor. Because there's certain lifestyles that you exemplify, you cannot be an officer. And I worked in the military, if you was a general and you, you slept with somebody that wasn't your wife, they taking your stars because you broke a covenant. Mm -hmm. and, they, and that is an office of honor and they are asking you to leave the army. And I watched them leave as generals, I watched them leave as colonels when they failed. In the church, they don't care how you live. They don't care how the pastors live. They don't care what they do. They don't care what kind of standard they have. As long as a bunch of hooping and hollering and all this stuff like this, they don't care. But I care. Because if it's a dishonor in church, people don't get healed. There is no power there. Because if God don't come, we're wasting our time. If God doesn't come, if he is not in our midst, we're wasting our time getting together. It is his ability, it is his life, it is his power that gives us victory in life. Now, if you make a mistake, the, the quickest thing to do when you make a mistake is repent. repent. I always teach you, don't ever run away from God when you make a mistake, you run to him. That's what the blood does, covers mistakes. Amen, because people got to learn how to grow up and how to live this life and how to honor God. And that's why he wants to give you somebody that can teach you the word. Amen. And so you're not playing church, but you're walking in victory. Yeah. That's what we're after. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> and Dr. Jacobs told me this. He said, Keith, I told God a long time ago I wanted to be a distributor, that if he would prosper me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And he, he wasn't always able to do that. I've been with him for 35 years. He wasn't always able to do that. He said, I told God there's not enough distributors in the body of Christ, wow. but if that you would prosper me that I would bless the work of your hands. Yeah. Amen. I would be a blessing to what you're yes. working in. Yes. And Pastor Diana jumped up and said, we're church builders. Hallelujah. And we're sitting there having lunch and Pastor Randy said, Pastor Randy said, I'm renovating my building, Dr. Jacobs. Man, he sat there a minute. He said, Pastor Randy, I'm giving you $5,000 to renovate your building. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then he walks out in the parking lot with me. He said, I didn't want to say that in front of everybody. With you. For some reason, I want to say because he tell me I'm his favorite. No. I'm the oldest spiritual son he's got. He said, you're my firstborn. You're the oldest. Now, don't tell nobody I said that. Amen. 
He didn't want to say that in front of them. But I said, you know what? I had to sit there and hear Randy was getting $5,000. We got to learn how to rejoice with people when they yes. get blessed. Yes, that's right. Amen. People got to get blessed and quiet. Yes, no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People got to get blessed and quiet. Because no. somebody going to hate on them. Right. That's it. You ought to shout for joy when somebody gets blessed. Because if God, because if because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He, he done gone online and said he's not a respecter of person. When blessing is starting, you ought to shout. When it's happening around me, it's got to be spreading over here to me. Amen. Because a little leaven, leaven is a whole lump. Come on now. You ought to say shout. Blessing season it is happening. Blessing is happening. Yes. Hallelujah. And you ought to, with all the words we got in this church, mm -hmm. you ought to be believing God to be a distributor. Because right. the vision of this church cannot, the vision of this church cannot be fulfilled with hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's going to take millions there. After that building right there, it's going to take millions to do what we got to do. Amen. And I know he's going to do it. He already said he's going to do it. I'm going to talk to you about that New Year's Eve. He's going he's to do everything he said. Your choice has got to be, am I going to be a participant? of what he is doing. Yeah. And when you honor God, you're going to be a participant. Yeah. Can somebody say amen to that? Yeah. All right, look over here now. We're going to talk about the benefits of honoring God. That's what I want to do today. I talked about healing as one of the benefits when we taught on healing. Turn over here to uh, 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. And I'm not going to keep you long today. We got the Titans on the line, right? <laughs> this is this is all she, this is all of the marbles right here, ain't it? All right, praise God. All right, look what we got here in First um, Samuel chapter two, verse thirty. First Samuel chapter two, verse thirty, and we'll read twenty, verse twenty-nine and thirty. And but I'm gonna get to the the heart of the matter real quick. We're going to read verse 29 and 30, but I want you to go to 30 first. How about that? Go to verse 30 first. And I want you to look at the B, B part that God says in his word. The B part of the verse is going to start with 4, F-O-R. And it says, for them that honor me, I will honor. Basically saying, I will honor them. For them that show me respect, I will show respect to honor them. Honor means what you put first, what you prize, what you cherish, what you value, what you esteem, what you exalt, what you consider valuable and precious. That's what honor is. And it causes a reaction to come out of you. When you honor something, you treat it totally different than everything else. You know, there may be a pair of shoes that you like better than others in your house. You don't want to speck of dirt on them. And there'll be others you don't mind mm -hmm. kicking it and whatever. Somebody step on your shoe, you don't care. But somebody step on that other path, you need deliverance. You're in great need for deliverance. You're in need for impartation of love right now. Mm-hmm. You feel, whatever. You feel like they're disrespected. But see, it could have been a mistake. But anyway, honor is what you value. So God tells the children, honor your parents. You need to value your parents. As a matter of fact, he gives a promise to children if they honor their parents. That's right. He said, things are going to go well with you, mm -hmm. and you're going to live a long life. Amen. So you already done set yourself up while you're living at home with your parents for things to go well with you and to live a long life. Yes. That's what he said to the children. Yes. That means that honor includes benefit, blessing, and favor yes. because you listen. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I wish I had done everything I, my mom told me to do, but we make mistakes. And I missed it a lot of times because we didn't know any better. With nobody to teach you. I don't want our young people to be like that in our church. Amen. I want to teach you how to live right. Yes. My father was gone when I was five years old, so you learn about stuff in the street and the locker rooms and football and all that kind of stuff, like foolishness. And that's why I value my pastor so much. He gets up and says in front of the whole church, you can have my church, you can have my house, my money, 
but you cannot have my wife and my children. I'm 24 years old and I'm sitting there listening to that. You got to have some commitment to something that has value. Yes. And he said divorce is not an option for us. It's not. If you're going to keep your home, you're going to have to have some substance on the inside of you. And substance has to come from somebody that's got substance. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The worst thing that happened in the home, in life, is a broke up home. And it affects the children more than anything else. Because yes, God wanted them both to have their mother and their father yes. there. Because yes. a mother cannot be a father and a father cannot be a mother. That woman right there is a champion. Yes. That's who she is. She raised four of us. In one home. Always took us to church. Always food on the table. Always clothes on our back. Always taking us to church. But she couldn't teach me how to be a man. It takes another man to do that. And it takes the right man to do that. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to get wrong information. Mm-hmm. And that's why I honor and love my pastor. He's celebrating his 34, 35th pastoral anniversary this year. He's been pastoring Church on the Rock. Well, Church on the Rock exists. He's not pastoring anymore. His son's been pastoring now. But that church is 35 years old. I was so blessed. Because Cynthia and I just celebrate 35 years of marriage. That means in the same year frame of time in a frame of a year I got married and found my pastor at the same time that's why my home is still intact today because I found out it's less to accept the Lord build your house because trouble coming baby the Bible said the Bible said that storms come to everybody's house amen there's a house that's built on a rock and there's a house that's built on sand come on now and the storm comes to both of them But the house that's built on the rock after the storm is over looks like the house before the storm. But the house that is not built on the rock, the Bible said it's going to take on great loss and damage. And that's why he said, except the Lord build your house, you're wasting your time. If he don't build your house, the devil going to beat you somehow. If he don't tear up your home, he's going to try to tear up your kids. If he can't tear up your kids, he's going to try to tear up your body. He can't tear up your body, he's going to try to tear up your money. But he's going to succeed at something. So you better have the word and you better have the Lord on tap. Because he hates families and he hates homes. He don't care how you live outside of that. The first example we see Satan t- attacking mankind is the, is the family. Mm-hmm. He ain't going to have no churches. Yeah. You ought to know he ain't going to have no churches. Right. Some of the churches just tow up as it is, right. but they still having church. Yeah. 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 Right. Mm-hmm. But pe- some people ain't still having homes because you can't tap the church because Jesus is the head of it. Yeah. Right. Eventually he's going to get it right. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. But God says right here, them that honor me, I'm going to honor them. What does that mean? That means when you get ready, if you're in business and you're going in for a contract, that God's going to honor you. Amen. If you, God's going to honor you. His favor is going in there for you. Praise God. And it don't matter if you got more credentials, less credentials, less education. He's going to favor you. He's going to promote you and increase you. Why? Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If it's your child in line and if they got less credentials and you the promoter. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I remember when he went in for a job, he, 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 got, he, 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 he went in for a job and he went in, uh, Caleb went into the interview and when he got into the interview, a guy he went to school with and his dad was the, was the interviewers. He said, when I walked in there, I knew the interview was over. He said, I, got, I had the job. We were sitting in there talking about football and all kinds of things we used to do in school and everything like that. We talked nothing about the job. Then the man said, when do you want to start, by the way? Right. <laughs> Things get less serious when God is honoring you. Things are less stressful when God is favoring you. Things are less stressful when God is your promoter in life. You go from the bottom of the stack to the top of the stack because of who you know. He is online. I will honor you that honor me. And promotion don't come from men for us. It comes from heaven above, bless God. And this is a good way to live. 
I'm going to honor you. The earth is mine and the fullness thereof. Jesus is Lord of all. All power in heaven and earth is given unto him, and he's your big brother. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Honoring God is the most important way to live this life. He's on, that's his covenant word. If you honor him, then he's got, he bound himself to honor you. But that ain't all he said. He said, but they that despise me, put me second, put me second, put me third, put me on the back burner. Kick at my stuff. Put my stuff last place. You know what I'm going to do? He online to say that I ain't making it up. There it is right there. Right. He said, I'm going to despise your stuff. That's what he said. Now, why is this verse of scripture in the Bible? Because Eli was the high priest of Israel at this particular time. And you go to verse 29. He said, why do you kick, why do you kick at my stuff? Why do you put your foot on my stuff? Why do you kick at my stuff? Why do you disrespect what I gave my son's life? To promote? Why do you despise what I've cherished and valuable? Jesus said, Upon this rock I build my the church is Jesus's. It's not mine, it's his. And how you treat it determines how he's going to respond to you. He gave his life for the church. The Bible said he died for the church, shed his blood for the church, gave everything for it. And he says, I'm building my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It is his. And what he was doing was building a nation. <clears throat> building a tabernacle. Building a nation. What's the purpose of the church? So people could be blessed. And Eli was the high priest. He was set over the tabernacle. He was set as high priest over God's people. He was God's representative for the people. And he started dishonoring God's offerings. He let his children just live any kind of way at church. His sons, was, his sons were at the tabernacle and they were sleeping with the women that came to, the, came to give their offering and serve at the tabernacle and they were sleeping with the women at the, at the tabernacle. And Eli wouldn't say nothing to them. He was letting them commit fornication right there, right there in the tabernacle. And then when people brought their offerings, and especially they were sin offerings, they were, they were offerings to cover the nation's sins and individual sins. And they were supposed to take part of that offering and give it to God first. Uh -huh. And then after that, they were supposed to take their part. Then they took what the sons did. They took the offering from the people and took the portion that was supposed to go to God and just threw it in a pile. Mm -hmm. And because it was live animal offering, the stench began to take place all over the house of God. And God walked in. Now, here's what's going to happen. <laughs> you got to understand the high priest's office is to offer up offerings to God. So atonement comes. Right. So the sin is covered. So the blessing can take over. Yeah. Yeah. But when the offerings are not offered up properly, there's no atonement. Right. So then God's got to deal with the sin. Yeah. Now he's got to deal with the sin. And so now he steps in and he tells, he tells Eli this. He says this. <laughs> he says this. He says, wherefore kick ye at my sacrifices? And my offerings, you kicked at it. Kick means you put your foot. God uses the analogy. You put your foot on what was valuable to me. You disrespected what was valuable to me. The key to life is find out what's valuable to God and respect it. That's what you have to do. It's the most important message I preach in this church is honoring God. It's the key to making everything work. I'm going to read you the benefits. All your prayers are going to be answered if you all again. There's no such thing as no unanswered prayers yeah, yeah. when a person honors God. Yeah. We're going to look at that and we got, I got to get down. I got to do this. So <clears throat> it says, why are you kicking my offerings? Have I commanded and <clears throat> have I commanded in my habitation and honorest thy sons above me? He said, you put your children above me. You put your children above me. You let them do what dishonors me, and then you honor them. And this is what God says. He says, um, he says um, you honor your sons above me. God looks at what you put above him. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that again. He looks at what you put above him. He doesn't want anything above him. Mm -hmm. He measures that. 
and you measure it too, especially if you're married. If you're married and you're husband, you don't want something above you unless it's God. I never come in and I never get in the way of my wife serving God. Because the priorities is God first. And we're able to balance it all out. Amen. We're able to balance everything out. You don't have so much God going on, you have no time with your mate. That's right. That's right. But when you're called upon, your mate doesn't stop you from serving God. Amen. That's good. And who you marry determines how you're going to balance it out. We never fight about things of God. We don't fight about tithing. We don't fight about our children serving God. We don't fight about coming to church. We don't fight about anything like that. Because those things are putting God first. That's right. That's right. Those things are honoring God first. Amen. We do not put things of God last. Amen. And you're able to have a balanced life. It's God first, then your mate, then your children. Amen. Then it's your church, then it's your occupation, then it's recreation. You don't put ball games ahead of God. Amen. You're going to have a problem. Amen. I like sports just as much as anybody else. Amen. Played it my whole life until I couldn't play no more. The boys got too big. I said, I ain't getting no education out there. I'm going to school. <laughs> I ain't doing that no more. Uh-uh. But the bottom line is, <clears throat> you know, God wants you to have recreation. He wants you to have fun. Yeah. He said, the Bible said he gives us all things to enjoy, but you got to put those things in proper perspective. Amen. Praise God. He don't care if you go on vacation. He wants you to have a nice life. He wants you to have things. He gives us freely all things to enjoy. He wants you to have a good time on this planet. He don't want you broke, busted, and disgusted. He wants you to have a good time on this planet. But he don't want none of that stuff he gives you come in front of him. Nothing goes above him. Amen. Say amen to that. All right, let's look at this real quick. And, and he says, to make that yourself fat on the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Wherefore God is what the God of Israel said, I said indeed, thy house and the house of thy father shall walk before me forever. But now the Lord said, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And them that despise me, I will lightly esteem. You want the honor of God working in your life. You want him to value your prayers. You want him to value your offerings. And when you give and things like that, you want to see the blessing of God work in your life. So let's look at some of the, <clears throat> turn over here to the book of Psalms. And I'm going to cover some of these real quick so you can, you can know <clears throat> that God is going to do these things in your life um, because you honor him. I want to give you the benefits of honoring God. And, um, and we'll take a look at these things. And um, let's go to Psalms 112 first. And I've already touched on this. So I'm going to cover these real fast. I'm just giving you scriptures right now, right? Yes, sir. So you'll have these. So I'm going to go through these so you'll know the value of honoring God yes, and putting him first. I want you to know what honor is. Before we're done with this, I want you to know what honor is. Yeah. I want you to know the benefits of honoring God. Yes. I, know, I want you to know the lifestyle that's associated with honoring God and how it looks. I want you to know the people you're supposed to show honor to before we're done. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And um, it says right here over in Psalms 112, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. That's the first blessing right there. Be blessed. The person that honors, this word fear translates into reverencing and honoring God. And a lot of times in your Bible when you see fear, you're gonna, it translates honor. When you go look that word up, it doesn't mean to be scared of God. It means to respect him. That's what it means. Uh, you know, I, don't, I, I never wanted my children to be scared of me, but I wanted them to respect me. That's yes. it. I, never, I, I, don't, I, wouldn't want, I wouldn't be happy being a father. My children are terrified of me. I never wanted them like that. I want them to come to me, talk to me about anything, but I do want them to respect me. Amen. He says right here, the man that fears God is going to be blessed. Blessed means empowered to succeed. When a person fears God, they cannot fail in this life. Amen. In nothing they put their hands to. They're going to be successful and they shall excel in whatever they do. This word means to, be, be, uh, to, um, to excel. Blessed means to excel, to empowered to prosper. We could say that. And then it says, his seed or his children shall be mighty in the earth. Because you honor God, you're going to have tr strong 
well-balanced, sound-minded children yes. because you and your yes. mate honor God. Yes. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and, and praise God. And, and listen, sometimes, you know, I know families come in all different kinds of situations. But if you're a child in the home, you're going to have to make a decision if one of your parents serving God and one of them don't. You gotta make a choice. It's, it happens. I've been pastoring 22 years. I've been in the church for 35 years under a real pastor. I'm still under a real pastor for 32 years. And I've been 35 years in the local church. 35 years. Not just coming and playing, really serving God. And I've had I've seen all kinds of family situations in church and out of church. I've seen them all. I'm 50, I'll be 59 this January. 59. I'll be one more year from 60. But praise God, Jesus is looking good on me. Praise God. Yes, huh? yes. Well, praise God. At least I had some yes. amens on that. It, yes. it didn't get total unification. But anyway, who does? Anyway, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. When it comes to that situation, this is what I noticed. Me and you are really important. I'll tell you, me and y'all are really important. You can't get away from the call on your life. God made you the head of the family. That's, right. That's who you are. You can't get away from that. You cannot shirk that. It's just by the order of his creation. I said order. God creates order. And he says the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. So women who you marry, you need to make sure it's somebody that honors God. Because both of you husband and wife will be an example to the child of honoring God or not. And this is what I found. Children, if the father doesn't and the mother serves God, they think mama need a crutch. But really mama's smart. And really the reason why the blessings on the house is because of mama. Or daddy. That's why the blessings on the house. It ain't on the house because of the one that don't honor God. But because of his authority, that God gave him and the office he stands in in that home, that child will watch him too. And typically his example, they cannot escape because of his God-given position in that home. He, God don't say that the Christian man is the head of his house. He just says the man is. And that man is supposed to be honored. Husband, wives, honor your husband. But he also tells the man to honor God. He said the head of every man is God, and the head of the, head of the man, head of the woman is the man. Well, somebody got mad at me one time. I'm talking about family. He got mad at me one time. Somebody asked me to come in and talk to him about family. I came in and talked to him. <clears throat> People don't like for you to tell them the truth in the Bible. But I didn't ask to come over. I was invited over. <laughs> I didn't kick the door down and say, I'm coming in here and preaching the gospel. Yeah. Jesus don't do that. If you want to live in hell, he don't do that. Yeah. Whosoever will, let him come. So I, I came. I said, this is what you want. You want everybody in the house to listen to you. You want everybody here to do what you say. But you don't want to do what God said. He said, how you say that? I said, you don't go to church. The Bible said, don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together. I said, that's what your problem is. And because you're dishonoring God, you got imbalance here. And that's where the problems come from. Really, it's with you. And he ain't like that no more. But you shouldn't ask for the truth. You come and ask me, I'm going to tell you the truth. Amen. That's what I'm going to do. I owe you that much. Amen. Then the blood's not on my hands. Amen. The Bible says, you don't tell them, you stand before me as a pastor, I'm going to hold you accountable for everybody you failed to tell the truth to. And I'm not going down. I ain't going out like that. I didn't ask for this job. But he just gives it to you. You got to find it. You got to do it. Amen. Amen. Look what he says right here. Your children are going to be strong in the earth. Amen. Children are going to be strong in the earth. You still should honor both of your parents. Regardless of they're saved or not saved, you should honor your parents. But you need to obey God most of all. Amen. You need to obey God most of all. Let's look down here a little bit further. Is this all right? Yes, sir. Look at verse 3. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. Amen. God does not want any of his people broke. 
wealth and riches shall be in his house. God will see to it and his righteousness endure forever. Look at verse seven. Uh, verse seven says that he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed trusting in the Lord because you honor God. When evil tidings come and pressure comes in life, you're going to be a stable person. You're going to be fixed. Even though pressure comes and even though a message comes or some kind of letter that's meant to disturb you and shake you up because you honor God, you know you are standing in deliverance. You got a wall around you of God's glory and God's defense and protection you. And no evil tidings is going to overtake your life. Amen. Because God's angels encamped around about you and he's, he's, got, he's got deliverance for any kind of challenge that will come against your life. And plus you got authority to speak the word over it. Amen. Praise God. You are blessed in the earth. He said he's hard. He shall not be afraid because his heart is fixed in trusting God. Amen. So we see right here that the children are going to be blessed. Wealth is going to be in the house. The empowered for success is going to be on the person's life and they're delivered from fear. Those are the benefits in Psalms 112. Look over here in Psalms um, in Psalms, um, let's see, 25, Psalms 25, Psalms 25, Psalms 25, and um, I want to give you these because these are the benefits, and those benefits in Psalms 112 are enough by themselves, amen? Amen. I'm having you turn to your Bible this morning because I want you to have these scriptures. Yes, Amen. Amen. Look over here in Psalms 25 verse 14. I want to look at that. Psalms 25 verse 14. It says right here, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he will show them his covenant. The secret of the Lord, we can say the mysteries of the kingdom of God and how to function in the kingdom is with them that honor him. Amen. Amen. That God's going to show you how to function in the kingdom of God. Wisdom will just come to you. Insight will just come to you. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. Will come to you. Knowledge will just come to you supernaturally by the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Amen. Amen. God's secret of how his glory works and how the gifts of the spirit work and how the kingdom works will be ministered to you. The mysteries of the kingdom will become everyday practice for your life. God's going to show you how faith really works. God's going to show you how his healing power really works. Show you how his deliverance and how his authority works in your life. Amen. His secret is with them that fear him. And then he says he's going to show you his covenant. That means that you can stand up in covenant practice with God. The Bible is a covenant. God reveals his covenant to you. He shows you what is covenant that God is standing behind you. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, he has got your back. Amen. He's going to demonstrate his covenant to you. His angels are going to protect you. Amen. Amen. And every word he says to you is coming to pass Amen. and it's going to show up in your life. Amen. He's going to show you his covenant. He's got your back. Amen. He is so sworn to protect you, support you, to stand behind you and gird you up. You are never left alone. You are never in a situation where you should be said, I'm in this situation all by myself. Right. No, he is. What covenant means, I'm with you. Yes, before yes. I let you down, I, before I let you down, I'll destroy myself. I'll stand ankle deep in blood in the heat of the battle and stand back to back with you in the fight. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you through thick and thin. I am with you to the end. And all of my my strength and all of my ability and all of my might will be to you. Jesus was so covenant to God right before the crucifixion in his judgment. He said, if I wanted to right now, I could call 12 legions of angels down and they would deliver me. You can call upon the Lord. He's going to answer you. He's going to deliver you. He's going to stand with you in the midst of trial. He is going to be your friend in the midst of battle and challenge. He's never going to be without, you're never going to be without his ability. Yeah, right. Thank you, Lord. I will fight for you. Oh, Told the children of Israel one time, this battle ain't even yours. Because I'm in covenant with you, this battle ain't even with yours. Because they mess with you, 
they got to mess with yeah. me now. That's right. That's Amen. Right. Because they, they, they should, they grabbed the wrong one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because I'm in covenant with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. For you to be in a fight, I got to fight. Oh, my, 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 my. I got to. You know me standing back watching? I got to get in this because yeah, yeah. I'm in covenant with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Praise God. You can't have some come on your body and then God stand by and watch some on your oh, body my, my. and watch some kind of sickness just take you out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I am Jehovah, your healer. The covenant names of God come into, the covenant names of God come into manifestation. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am your physician. I am the God that heals you. And there is no financial situation where you are standing there by yourself. When you in covenant with God, you in covenant with his wallet. Everything he's got is yours. That's why Jesus said, whatever you ask. In my name, I'll do it. Because I'm in covenant with you. That's what a marriage is, is a covenant. Everything I got is yours. And everything you got is mine. And we are one and we will never be nothing else. You, 